You're listening to episode 64 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Can you believe we're already in November? This year is truly flying by. I'm also just really pumped because I'm already lining up guests and topics for 2020, which is so crazy to me. But if you have a topic that you want me to cover, or if you have a guest in mind that might be great for the show hit me with it. Even if you don't know that guest personally, but maybe you're a fan of their work, I'm more than happy to reach out to that person. And if we're aligned, I'll do my best to get them on the show. But seriously, if there's a topic that you want to know more about, send me an email at hello at laurensmithbiz.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram at mindbizlife. Okay. And now on to the good stuff. This week's episode, you know, if you've ever been told that you are too sensitive, too dramatic, you get overly overwhelmed too easily, or even find that it takes you a while to decompress after chaos, well, this episode is for you. Patricia Young is here today to talk to us about what it means to be a highly sensitive person. I don't want to give too much away, so let's just flow right on into today's conversation. You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Patricia Young. Patricia specializes in working with the highly sensitive person online, providing coaching and online groups for HSPs. Hey, Patricia. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to chat with you today. Hey, Lauren. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I have a bunch of questions lined up and ready to go, but before we get too deep into today's conversation, let's just start here. What exactly is a highly sensitive person? Well, it's a research-based trait that Dr. Elaine coined, you know, Sensitivity has been around for forever, but Dr. Elaine Aaron did some research and a lot more research is done after it. The easiest way that's kind of not clinical is if you've been told you're too, too sensitive, you think too much, you're too dramatic, you can't let things go, you analyze too much, you're too picky, you may be a highly sensitive person, but there are four core characteristics that Dr. Elaine Aaron outlines. And I kind of like to stick with that, but that's usually the easiest place where people go like, Hmm, I had been told those things before. Yeah, what are those four core characteristics? It spells out the acronym DOES or DOES. And the D, so let me tell you what each of them are and then we can go over them in depth. Does that work okay. for you? Yeah, that's perfect. So the D is depth of processing. The O is overstimulation or overarousal. The E is emotional responsiveness or empathy. And the S is sensitive to subtleties. So should okay. we dive deeper into each one of yeah, them? Let's, yeah, let's break them down. Okay. So the depth of processing, we have a more active insula, the part of the brain that helps to enhance perception and increase self-awareness. So we often have that internal dialogue that is observing what we're doing. We're very aware of social interactions. We often need more time to pause and reflect because we're taking in so much information. We really want to gather as much information. And it's this depth of processing is where we may have heard the negative things of like, you can't let things go. You take things so seriously. You can't shrug things off because we have a need to really problem solve. And the strength of this is that we end up coming up with solutions that other people don't. We're great at troubleshooting and forecasting. Uh, We've been misdiagnosed with anxiety and depression. And so 
we may run more on what we label as anxiety, but it may just be that we're so aware of the possible outcomes that we're just kind of, we go, you know, I've, I've grown kids. And so when my kids drive two hours away back to school, I'm thinking of the worst possible outcome. How I manage that is I go, let me know when you get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that you're already talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next one? O is for overstimulation, and I've added overarousal. Because we tend to notice more subtle details in the environment, we're more emotionally impacted by social stimulation. Mm. So it's not uncommon for us to get overwhelmed and, and oversaturated. And I've, I've heard the analogy of like the sponge, that we soak up so much information, and once the sponge gets full, it's really hard to empty it out. And this morning, there's a, the sensitivity summit that Melissa Schwartz is putting on. It's It'll... It will probably be over by the time your listeners hear this, but I heard a great analogy this morning by Ariana Smith, and she said, if you use a bathtub as an analogy for an HSP, that our bathtubs fill up very quickly, meaning Mm. we take in a lot of information, we get over-aroused, over-stimulated, and then our bathtubs drain very slowly, so we need more time for downtime to replenish where a non-highly sensitive person, their bathtub fills up slowly, they can go to a big venue with lots of noise and crowds, doesn't impact them. And when they've had too much, their bathtub drains really quickly, like boom, they're over and ready to do it again. Ooh. So can this also be like sensitivity to just like sounds as well? That's that's one part of it that, well, how about we wait till we get there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So hit us with E. (laughs) So the E is emotional responsiveness or empathy. And brain scans have shown that HSPs have more active mirror neurons. Mm which are responsible for feelings of empathy for others. And our brains light up in more areas than non-HSPs when we're in interactions. And so the analogy I've used is my husband and I went somewhere once and something happened that was uncomfortable and he couldn't understand why I was so upset about it. But using this analogy, he had five pieces of data about it and I had 20 pieces of data. I mean, I'm I'm making up numbers, but just for the sake of conversation. And so it's not uncommon for HSPs to question our sense of reality. This is where people tell us you're so dramatic. Why are you making such a big deal? Well, because we're taking in way more information and we've got more data than the non-HSPs do and we're more impacted by it. So we tend to not like to watch, well, for me, like I don't watch the news, Mm. uh, stories where animals or children get hurt. I can be moved to tears very easily. Nature is very um, restorative for me. The arts, music, dance tend to be really, it's what fills us up. And so we just are way more connected and have much more emotional responsiveness. And then the sense of empathy can make it challenging for setting boundaries and limits because the empathy kind of works against us where if I want to set a limit with you, I may imagine how you would feel based on my projection and I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to have conflict. The sense of there being discord may feel too overstimulating for me. So we end up often, if we haven't done our work, we end up kind of carrying the burden that it's more comfortable and familiar for me to carry the discomfort of something not right in our relationship because I haven't done my own work to know that it's okay for me to take care of me and you can take care of you. Right. Now, before we go into us, I have a question. Um Is an empath and a highly sensitive person the same? My understanding is that some HSPs are empaths and some empaths are HSPs. Mm. And I've I've done an episode, I have a podcast, I've done an episode with someone who's an empath. 
I kind of don't like to go there just because it's not my area of expertise. So some are and some aren't. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, hit us with the S. Okay. So the S is sensitive to subtleties. So we notice subtle details that others miss, nonverbal cues, small changes in the environment, and we're also more impacted by strong sensory input. So this is what you were talking about, bright, mm. lo- bright lights, loud noises, strong smells, rough textures. We're going to be much more impacted. And what often happens in social situations is we pick up on things and we either may be right on the money or the part that I love to talk about is we make up a story in our head about what's going on. So if you and I are face to face and we're talking, oh, so here's a perfect example. I have a a very close friend. I have a podcast and I I talk about the things that I'm going through as I'm going through them. And a couple of times when I've shared with her, I get this sense that like, like I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I kind of get a sense of, it's not disapproval, but something just felt like, and so I kind of walk away going like, "Mm, maybe I'm sharing too much. Maybe I don't have boundaries. We had a great conversation yesterday. And what she said is, that she would not feel comfortable doing what I do, that she needs time to process privately, not on a podcast, and that she just couldn't do what I'm doing. And we had this great conversation because I said, you know, I've been, I've been picking up that from you, but not knowing what it was, I kind of made it about me. So this is a very clear example of we notice things, but if we don't check it out, we may make up a story in our head about what's going on that may not have anything to do with what's really going on. We're picking up on something, but what we had tribute the meaning to is not accurate. Hmm. So does a highly sensitive person have to encompass all of these, the different four characteristics, or could they have two or three? Well, according to Dr. Aaron, a highly sensitive person will have all four of these core characteristics. There's a continuum, and she talks about people having low sensitivity, moderate sensitivity. I'm not really versed in that because I'm really kind of about the all-out HSP. She also says that, you know, if you relate really strongly, she's got a self-test that you can take at hsperson.com. What she suggests is to take the adult version of the test. If you think you're highly sensitive and you don't score, take the child version of the test and think back to when you were a child. And she said if a couple of these ring really true to you, you know, then you may be an HSP. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like sitting here checking every box. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Cause I'm, I'm definitely one of those people, the bat, you know, I loved your analogy with the bathtub, like filling up, it fills up very quickly and drains very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to get extremely overwhelmed when there's just a lot going on. So mm-hmm. whether it's me cooking dinner and my kids are being really chaotic in the background, I can't focus on making what I'm making with the background noise and the TV on. I mean, it, it puts me in a tizzy. I have to walk away and remove myself from the situation to calm back down. So Exactly. And yeah. the reason why I just have, I just like, I hate the word passionate. I wish there was another word, but the reason why I really want people to know is we end up internalizing these messages if there's something wrong with us. Mm. We're about 20% of the population, 15 to 20% of the population are highly sensitive. And and 50% of our clients in therapy are probably, not are probably, are highly sensitive. And so if we're not aware of this trait as therapists and clinicians, we're going to try and get our clients to be like the other 80%. We've already internalized too many messages about why we're two. And the truth is, we have amazing strengths. And for everything that we've been told that's a negative, there's a corresponding strength. And so knowing that this is how we're wired, it's not due to trauma, there's nothing we've done wrong. The research does show that HSPs that are raised in positive environments have great outcomes. 
HSPs that have difficult childhoods. And I've come to say that all it takes is having a parent who doesn't get what being an HSP means, Mm. uh, what being an HSP is. And that can be a child gets upset and is you know, worrying about something and the parent says, don't worry about it, let it go because they don't understand. It's not done out of malice. It's just out of not understanding. Those HSPs have higher rates of anxiety and depression. Mm. And there's also a lot of misdiagnosis with HSPs with depression, anxiety, ADHD, borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, because we tend to have really strong feelings to things. And if we weren't taught to honor and love and respect our feelings and to work with them. I, I, I used to talk about emotional regulation, but I really think that when we're taught to love and embrace our feelings and our responses, that leads to emotional regulation. Right. Then there's a lot of misdiagnosis. Mm, and that's and that's terrible to deal with. I mean, I could imagine going in somewhere and being told I have ADHD when in fact I'm just highly sensitive. Too much too much in your environment is going to lead to overwhelm and overstimulation. So you're not going to be able to focus. Right. Which would, I guess, have the same characteristics as ADHD. Can't focus. Right. Like the core, the core problems. If you're not knowing what's going on, you're not self-aware. Oh, I can't focus. My mind's always somewhere else. Yeah, I could see. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying that these other diagnoses don't exist and it's possible that somebody's highly sensitive and has some of these other things. So I want to be really clear. I'm not drawing a line and saying it's either or. Right. It could be both. And I thought I had social anxiety and I thought I was an introvert. And what what I think happened is I would go into a situation when I was really young and it was too much and it just felt yucky and I didn't know what it was. And so it's kind of like you pair that with like, this feels yucky. I'm not doing this again. And then I'd read about introversion. And what we read about introversion is really about the highly sensitive person. Turns Mm -hmm. out I'm a highly sensitive extrovert. And once I learned that I don't have social anxiety and I love connecting, I just need to be very mindful about how I do it, where I do it, who I do it with, and how long I do it. So having this information can be an incredible game changer for people. Yeah. How did your life change since learning that you were a highly sensitive person? Oh my gosh. It's, it's been an amazing experience. And I really think that the gift of having a podcast is we have these internal things that go on that, you know, where we tell ourselves we're not okay. And because I process verbally and it really worked to have a podcast. My podcast is almost a year old. So I've been really reflecting about, you know, what's happened since I learned about being an HSP and started a podcast. I hated networking. I hated going out and doing things. Travel really rattled me. You know, my life was very kind of insulated and protected. And once I learned I was an HSP and kind of went back and rewrote the narrative of my life, I've done more traveling this year. I've started a local meetup. I've been going to networking groups. I mean, I just think that our capacity when we do our work and our healing really can help us to learn how to participate in life on a higher level. We just are more mindful about it. There are certain things I'm not ever going to do. I'm not going to be going to a really loud concert of somebody that I don't care about. Like that's just not going to work for me. But if somebody came to town that I really loved, I could find a way to make it work for me to go and enjoy that and not get overstimulated and over aroused. And sometimes it happens. I, we went out of town this weekend and I did too much. I really wanted to participate in what was going on. I, I did something that I won't ever do again because it was too much, but I was glad to do it once and I'm paying the price today. So what I know this week is I need to slow down. I'm probably going to be more reactive to things emotionally. I'm 
I was just thinking about something this morning where I'm kind of going into wanting to take something personally and I know it's not about me. So going like, that's probably going to happen this week. And what do I need to slow down and really kind of help my bathtub drain? Yeah. Do you find that you sometimes have to rework your calendar for the week to just really honor yourself to make sure that that bathtub drains? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even this morning I had a plan with somebody and I said like, you know, I think I can do it at this time, but can I have some wiggle room around it? Because I'm I actually had forgotten that I wanted to go to yoga. I I made an appointment with someone. I'm like, I really need to go to yoga this morning. So can we reschedule and can I have some wiggle room? And she's really supportive, but there's this part of like, I just want to get as much out of life as I can. And it's challenging when my bathtub is full to recalibrate and let the bathtub drain. Mm, Especially when it drains so slow. I know, I know. there and and I I this is I've honestly I've never heard of a highly sensitive person before um our initial chat with each other and I was I was reading your website and I was like I think I think this is me um and but what I've noticed just even over the past year is I really tried to start honoring myself more in that sense like if you're not feeling well if you're not in the right energetic mode it's not doing anyone around you you know, Mm -mm. a service to show up like that, especially in business. Um, so I've, I've just found that sometimes just it's, it may not feel good, but you just have to say, Hey, I can't do this today. Or it's, it's not the right energy. And I think energy people get it, but (laughs) we get it, we respect it. We, we understand it, but, uh, it's hard. It's hard to just honor yourself in that way too. It is. And I, I find like, and I even struggle with that. I have judgment and then I have judgment about the judgment because like mm-hmm. I should be able to manage or I should be able to do more and to just really honor where we're at. And I find that if I'm feeling irritable, crabby, tired, I have a potty mouth. Like I love to swear. It makes me really happy, but, <laughs> but, there's, but there's a way that it shifts where I kind of use swearing in anger. Mm. Like I know that those are all signs that I'm, I'm not taking care of myself and I need to figure out how to drain my bathtub. Man, we are like two peas in the pot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, I can like feel it when it's coming out in a different way. It's mm-hmm. just like a beast within me. It's like, oh, calm, take a step back, calm down. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some strengths? We we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but what are some strengths and struggles that a highly sensitive person may have? The strengths are we're incredibly loyal, we're conscientious, we're very detail oriented. And not in every area, like there are areas where I remember details and I'm really great. And then there are other areas where you could think I'm losing my mind because I just cannot hold on to details in certain areas. And, you know, the other thing I need to say is all HSPs are going to show up differently in the world. And I tend to talk in generalizations and I don't mean to be disrespectful and not honoring everybody's uniqueness because it is going to show up differently. So I, I speak a lot from my experience and what I've seen, but I probably am not including some groups of people in this and I don't know how else to talk about it and honor everybody. Um, But we're incredibly creative. We're great problem solvers. We think things out of the box. I mean, we have some amazing strengths and I think that the other thing is that these things come so naturally to us that we assume that everybody else is like this. Mm -hmm. And I think we often, when we bump up against it, we don't know that For myself, I tend to have very high expectations and I get disappointed very frequently. And I I used to feel like that was wrong and I was told I needed to not do that. And 
for me, that's just how I operate in the world. So I know that when I'm feeling disappointed, I'm like, oh, it just happened again. And I, you know, shrug it off. Or if it's something like I have a friend that I was expecting her to be more available on the weekends and she consistently isn't. So that's something I know. So it's like, don't expect her to be available on the weekends. Like in, in that way where it's predictable, I can lower the bar and not go through that frustration because she just has a limitations. It's not about me. So right. those are ways that we can work with it. Some of the things that we struggle with, like for me, overwhelm is a huge thing. And because I love details, I can often kind of go down a million rabbit holes and, and have a difficult time kind of pulling back where my husband has some sensitivity, but he can be really good about like, this is what you need to do because I want to get so detailed about everything that I kind of get lost. Right. And because we have such strong emotional responses to things, I think as we learn about the, like, I'm really all about the educated, informed, and empowered HSP. So if somebody says to me, you're so sensitive or you think too much, I go like, yeah, what does that bring up for you? If I haven't done my work, then I'm going to be like, I know I'm so sensitive and I know over, you know, I'm going to take that on. It's really somebody else's projection and our culture doesn't really value sensitivity and people are really uncomfortable with deep thoughts, deep feelings, deep expression. And so when we're empowered and educated, we're like, yeah, so tell me how that impacts you. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different lens that you get to look out when you're just more aware of that sense. I love that. Yeah. But it can be harder to process through things. I've just done two episodes about, I wasn't invited to something and I saw on social media that I wasn't invited. And it's a group of moms that I've known for 19 years. So it stung and it really brought up some stuff for me and I did an episode on it. And then I kind of processed some more and I did another episode on it. And then one of the moms reached out to me and wanted to give me some information and I sat with it for a day or two and I thought, you know, I really don't want to, to get into that, that my point of the episode and my work was like, it's stung. And so it means that I've got some healing to do. So I'm working on the healing that I need to do. And it really isn't about reengaging with the group. It gave me a chance to evaluate what do I want in my relationships? Is this group meeting my needs? Because of that sense of loyalty and longevity, we all met when our kids were little. And this weekend when I was out of town, I had to decide whether I was going to call her back or not. And I decided not to. And it's really kind of what I call reactivated that sense of like my heart's pounding. I'm feeling like I'm not doing it right and I shouldn't be having a reaction and maybe I'm not healed enough. So this is a a very typical example of how we want to work things out and I'm having an emotional response. And I'm really just knowing that this is part of how I'm wired and it's okay to be going through it and, and to be as okay about it as I can. And I have that sense of like, I should be over it. If I really processed it, I'd be over it. And it's like, mm. nah, it's just, just how I'm wired. Yeah. Because do you think that you can process something and then not really get over it because we are wired that way? I think it depends on what it is. I, I think there's an intersection of, you know, I've been calling it wounding, that when we're told that how we show up in the world is not okay, you know, we have caregivers that don't understand our traits. So we're told, you know, all those things, you're too, and then we internalize it. And then we take that narrative forward. So then we've got this wounding that's overlaid with the trait of being an HSP, which is why I talk about the educated and empowered HSP. I think when we look at our wounding, then we're able to tease them apart. Like, I don't know how long this stuff is going to stick with me. But I also have the ability to know that it's not personal. This is how I'm wired. And I'm just going to have to kind of sit with the discomfort for as long as it's here. Or had I not done my work, 
I think I would be trying to get everybody to take my side about it. There would have been a right or a wrong. You know, I would have really blown this up. And it's like, we live in that place of wounding, or we know that we've got some wounding and we're still kind of grounded enough to know that we've got to work through the discomfort. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Does uh, just a curious question. Um, because you are in a marriage where your, your husband knows this about you. Um, is he able to kind of pick up when you are coming from, you know, an HSP place? Like it's very like high active. Does he pick up on that as well? Well, we've been married for 22 years and he's got some sensitivities. Uh, I don't think he's an HSP kind of depending on the day I either call him an HSP or not, but I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think that any relationship is going to have areas of conflict. He really likes to keep the peace. He wants to make sure that I'm okay. And there are areas where he's got sensitivities that like, we kind of joke. It's like, you're so freaking sensitive. Like at at night, he's really sensitive to sound. Or if I walk in the bedroom with shoes, like, you know, it's, I have to take my shoes off because it's too loud. Like, I don't get that. So I'm like, you're so freaking sensitive. Um, (laughs) So I think that there are ways that we've learned to communicate and like any relationship, sometimes we gel and sometimes we don't. I think having an understanding of how we're wired and I, it's interesting. I did have him as a guest on the podcast and we had this great conversation and, and I could see during the podcast, he finally started to get what I was saying because he just was looking through the lens of there's a local activity. It's like, it's fun. It's social. There are people there. And I'm like, yeah, I'd rather poke my eyeballs out because it's noisy. It's crowded. (laughs) And so it means just being willing to be open and have dialogues about what works for each one of us. And he goes off to Laughlin twice a year because he loves doing that. It's not my thing. But that doesn't mean that he can't do what he enjoys. And I love having the house to myself. Exactly. A little chance to recharge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drain mm-hmm. that tub while we're at it. Yeah. How can a highly sensitive person care for themselves? What, what's some good self-care for a highly sensitive person? I think really learning about the trait, but we've got to have downtime every day. And really creating a lifestyle that honors our needs is ultimately what we want to do. We can't always do that. So if you work a nine to five job and it's very busy, you can go in the bathroom stall and take a little bit of time to breathe. You can stand with your feet shoulder width apart, put your arms up in the air and kind of imagine roots coming out of your feet and your arms kind of going up to whatever source connects you doing some deep breathing. I think really having, you know, getting enough sleep is important to for, for the well-being of the HSP, getting nutrition that works for us is important, getting the right amount of social time. You know, if you're an introvert, then that, that may look very different than if you're a highly sensitive extrovert. Creating a lifestyle that works where you've got beauty or nature. Like my office, I, I live in the city, but I went to a retreat and forgot how much I love nature. So I put a hummingbird feeder right out my window. There's a hummingbird right there now, and I have a little bird feeder where oh. a squirrel comes and is about three feet away from where I sit. So I found a way to create nature in my city life. So understanding what our needs are. And I think that when we understand what works for us and what doesn't, and we're confident in asserting that, we create lifestyles that work for us. But having downtime, time in nature, if it means yoga or music or gardening or whatever it is that replenishes our soul, those are things we need to do to recharge. Mm, I love that. Do you find that a highly sensitive person has to practice saying no more? Oh, it's a huge thing. I mean, even this morning, this is a really close friend of mine and we've been trying to get together. She needs some information that I have and I really want to meet her need. And because I'm kind of, my bathtub is so full, I'm really having a hard time 
focusing and remembering what I needed to do to take care of myself because I'm just not like, I just want to do everything. I think it can be really challenging for us. And when we know that when we take care of ourselves, we can be so much more present and available to other people, but there's something called competing needs. Like she's got a need for information that I have, and I have a need for downtime. I mean, she's very respectful, but if she wasn't, she'd be at me. And so one of us is going to get our need met and the other one isn't, or we're going to have to compromise. And sometimes that sense of discord can be really arousing and makes us feel really uncomfortable, which is why it's really important to do our work because I can't, you know, I got to take care of me. And if not, I'm really not going to be very good for other people. We also tend to be the emotional glue that holds our families, our relationships together because of Mm -hmm. our deep empathy and our understanding and really wanting to make sure that everybody feels seen and heard. Well, I can, I can definitely see that. (laughs) Yeah. And that can be overwhelming to feel almost like you get, you have to be the glue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, Patricia, I feel like I'm walking away from this conversation, just knowing myself a little bit better. (laughs) So I know that there are listeners who are probably also having a lot of light bulb moments too. Where can our audience go to learn more about you and uh, being highly sensitive? The best place to learn about being highly sensitive is Dr. Elaine Aaron and her website, which is hsperson.com. She's got a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. She's got a book called The Highly Sensitive Child. There's a movie called um, Sensitive, The Untold Story. You can Google it. Alanis Morissette and Dr. Elaine Aaron are in it. If you prefer books on Audible, you can find those books on Audible. Dr. Aaron has some videos on YouTube if that's easier for you. I'm pretty particular about who I have people follow. If you're a male, Dr. Ted Zeff, C-E-F-F, has written a book called, I think, Strong Sensitive Boy. He's got a website. I would stick with the people that we know have done you know, research-based work. To find out more information about me, my website is unapologeticallysensitive.com. I have a podcast specifically for HSPs. It's also called Unapologetically Sensitive. I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. All of my links are on my website. And on Pinterest, I post a lot of graphics about what it is to be a highly sensitive person. I'm just passionate about wanting to get the information out so that we have a bunch of informed, educated HSPs so that we can find ways to also educate the non-HSPs about what it is that we need and how we can live together really peacefully. Mm, I love that. You are helping us become so much more self-aware and that is such a gift. Thank you so much for bringing your light to the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really been a joy being here. After Patricia and I ended our call, I went over to hsperson.com and I took the test and go figure, I scored a 21, which classifies me as a highly sensitive person. Now, I'm going to go check out those resources that Patricia mentioned, and if this episode resonated with you, I suggest that you do the same. Speaking of resonating, if the episode touched you on some level or you feel like you may know a highly sensitive person, share the episode with that friend or on social media. Sharing is how we get the podcast into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. I've linked Patricia's website, social channels, podcasts, and all the amazing resources she listed in this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. I'll see you back here next week for another episode, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.